time you do this, do it for one singular, highly spiritually significant purpose. Do it in remembrance of me. And it's not just thinking about him feeding the 5,000 or the multitudes or healing the sick or opening the eyes of the blind or even his wonderful wisdom and knowledge, his sermon on the mount as he sat down and talked them there. Amen. But remember me in a particular, peculiar way, and that is dying on the cross for us. The first love can be rekindled because of that if we focus and understand and appreciate that. I used to always talk about rekindling the first love because he told the church at Ephesus, as great as you are, as wonderful as you are in so many areas, I have something against you because you've left your first love. What you're doing out of religious routine or religious commitment without love motivating it, he said, that's wrong. And uh, it's so wrong that he said, repent Remember from whence thou art fallen, repent, do your first works, or else. Or else what? I'm glad you asked. He said, I will come to you quickly. I won't put up with this, he said. I'll come to you quickly, and you can keep doing your thing on Sunday. You can keep going through your routine, your ritual, your choir can sing, your preacher can preach, your people can gather and clap their hands. But I'm going to take your lampstand. How do you know when the lamp stands gone? Well, he, the word in the, in the King James is candlestick. It's really, in the Greek and in the reality of it, it is a lamp stand. It was oil that caused that lamp and that light to burn. And oil has been a type of the Holy Spirit throughout the Scripture. Amen? They anointed them with oil a type of the Holy Ghost. So when you remove the Holy Spirit, then you've got, you've got a gospel that is powerless and you've got people that are powerless. And so we want to welcome the Holy Spirit today in this place. Thank God we've not only got a lampstand, we've got lots of oil in our lamp. Remember that song, Give Me Oil in My Lamp, Keep Me Burning, Keep Me Burning Till the Break of Day. I'm going to ask Brother Taylor to Invite the Lord here in prayer. He came in with us, but we invite him to manifest himself in this service to all of us today. As we begin to move toward the celebration of our redemption by celebrating our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. God is good, isn't he? Amen. Amen. Before I pray, uh, a portion of our family is here from uh, Atlanta. And from what? Uh, Delray Beach. Amen. God is good, isn't he? Amen. God is so faithful. God is good. Uh, oh, oh, they came for my sweetheart's birthday. Thank you, Sheree. God is good, isn't he? All the time. Amen. Give the Lord a good hand, Captain. Praise. God is so good. Amen. Lord, we thank you for your great love and mercy, Lord God. Lord, you've been our gener- you've been our hallelujah Lord, Lord, our God, you are Father, you are Lord. We look to thee, Lord God. We stand on your word. Lord, your word is forever settled in heaven. Lord, we came this morning to worship thee. In spirit and in truth. Move by thy spirit today. Lord, have your way. Cleanse us through the washing of the water by the word. Let your divine will be done in our lives. Stir us up to pray, to seek your face, to obey your voice, to keep our minds stayed upon you, Lord God. Move by thy spirit today, Lord. Lord, if there are any here that are unsaved, save them. Fill them with the Holy Ghost, Lord God. Oh, God, feed your lamb. Feed your sheep, Lord God. Give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church. Hearts to receive and to contain and to obey, Lord God. Help us to, don't let us be forgetful hearers of the word, but help us to be doers of the word, Lord God. Lord, you're coming, Lord, after people that's looking for you, people that's ready to meet you, Lord God. So help us, Lord God, to walk in love, to do your will, Lord God, to keep our minds stayed upon you. 
meet every need this present, Lord God. We thank you for victory. Thank you for the peace of God, that peace that passes all understanding. Thank you for victory, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, we pray, Lord God, for Israel. God, have your way, Lord God, for, for the people, the Israelites. Have your way in your people, Lord God. Save the unsaved, Lord. We pray for our president, Lord God, and those in authority. Have your way, Lord. Save the lost, God. Yes, God, yes, we, that we may live a peaceful life in the sight of God. Thank you for victory, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray for the glory of God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Just want to remember also in prayer all the people, families who have been touched, uh, uh, extended families that have been touched through the mass murders that occurred uh, last night. And over in 13 hours, uh, 20 people were killed in San Antonio and 26 injured and uh, nine people in, in uh, El, Paso. El Paso, I'm sorry, El Paso, Texas, and uh, uh, then nine people in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, we have relatives that live in the Dayton area. And so you can you can be as safe as you can, uh, but unless you live underground in a bunker somewhere, uh, you're not safe in this society. The Bible said in the last days, perilous times will come, and we're living in that time. That's not some future prophetic time for the church or for humankind. We're living in that time right here and right now. So uh, let's just, I just want to, Father, I just want to pray for those I think of my my loved ones being caught up in something that they have have they didn't put themselves in harm's way. They were shopping, they were going about their business, and somebody decided to go in and start shooting people. And Lord, we know there's more coming. That's what is so terrifying about this time, so outrageous, such a perilous time that we live. And, Father, we just thank you for your goodness. We pray for a mighty move of your spirit in our nation and in our world. And, Father, we just thank you that we can turn to you and look to you in times like these. In Jesus' name, comfort and help the hurting this morning. And give us courage and strength. Lord, even so come. Come soon, Jesus. We want you to come back and and we want you to put things right that is so wrong in our world. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen and amen and amen. Praise the Lord at the cross. Let's sing it this morning. This is about the cross. This is about the Christ who hung on the cross for every one of us today. Holy Communion Sunday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good today. Amen. I want you to stretch your hand toward me. I want to try to just begin to explain a little bit through the scripture of what it means to be redeemed today. So when we receive Holy Communion, that it doesn't just happen in that space of time that we receive it, but it's something we take with us out of this place into every part of our life as we serve the Lord wholeheartedly until Jesus comes. Heavenly Father, I receive the prayers of this people. I need your help to begin to try to explain something that without the Holy Spirit helping me and without the Holy Spirit showing it to us, we can't see it. It'll just be words to our ears. We want it to be. We want it to be more than that today. In the name of Jesus, Father, we want to understand, appreciate, and appropriate our redemption and let it touch every single part of our life. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. And amen. I want to read a scripture from uh, Romans chapter 3 and verse 24. Listen to it carefully. Just this verse and then some other verses before we receive communion this morning. It says being justified. That's a forensic term that we're talking about now. Justified is for a courtroom. That's when someone has been acquitted. That's when someone cannot be charged with a crime. That is, that is exactly, you see, Satan is the accuser of the brethren, according to Revelation 12. He's, his name indicates that. Satan literally means, or devil, diablos in the Greek, it means a maligner. It's someone that wants to accuse 
and tear down someone. And, and, and it said he accuses God's children in particular day and night. He is relentless in his accusations. Now, I wish we could come to a place of absolute sinless perfection to where there was nothing he could accuse us for. How many know there is no place like that? If there was a place like that, Jesus didn't have to go to the cross. Amen. But because there is no sinlessly perfect person, look at somebody next to you and say, it's I'm not, are you? Amen. Okay, that's we we want to establish. Some of you are very emphatic about that. I'm not. I don't know. <laughs> Amen. I ain't. Well, I'm not either. The Bible said we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And it, it's a term that could be used in archery or or in a one of these gun places where there's a target. And it doesn't mean that you try to hit the target and you miss the bullseye. That's not what it means when it says we've come short. Because this is not like, oh, I got real close, but I missed the bullseye. No, you didn't. get. It would actually mean that you shot the arrow, aimed at the bullseye, and missed the whole target altogether. We've all sinned. And come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous. No, not one. Whoever you think is the most perfect person that you could possibly know. The Bible said his demand and his requirement for righteousness is beyond that. There's none righteous. No no, because everybody thinks either, and, and I hope you don't think you are. Can you say, man, not one, not Billy Graham, not, not Mother Teresa with all her good works. There's no prophet. There's no follower of Jesus. There's no apostle. The apostle Paul wrote 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And he said, I am what I am for one reason, by the grace of God. In my flesh, he said, there's no good thing. Amen. I still have to argue with that weakness that's always with me. And Jesus said something about the best religionist of his day, the most, uh, most uh, dedicated to their religious practice, the Pharisees. He said, except your righteousness exceed that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you shall in no wise enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, if you can't end by being perfect and God can't accept anything less than perfect, there's only one answer. And thank God there is an answer. And the answer is the cross. And the answer is the Christ. And the answer is the shed blood of Jesus. I like the way Billy Graham put it. Amen. He said, why is it that the cross has become the symbol of Christianity? It is because at the cross, Jesus purchased our redemption. And provided a righteousness which we could not ourselves earn. Amen. You are saved by grace through faith. It is the gift of God. It is not of works lest any man should boast. No one is going to heaven and be able to say, I, I belong here. I'm supposed to be here. I earned this. No, you couldn't earn it. There's only one way to enter into the kingdom of God and thereby qualify to live with God forever. And that's through the precious shed blood of Jesus Christ. I'm glad no one could boast. I'm glad that we, no one is going on their merit. Amen. Now, there are works that, that indicate that we have been saved. And that's why the Bible said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Let what's happened in you begin to be expressed in your personal, practical, daily life. But it doesn't say to work for it. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Because Jesus has paid it all at the cross. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. This word redemption is, is such a big Greek word. Apoutrosis. I can't even say it fast. Apoutrosis. 
is the Greek word redemption. And it means to ransom in full. It means riddance. It means deliverance. Without redemption, the other great words that describe our condition and position after being saved would be of none effect. If the sin debt is not paid in full, you and I are not saved. We are not justified. We cannot, therefore, be sanctified. If we still owe a sin debt, we are enslaved by Satan. We are the enemies of God. We are not able to enter into fellowship relationship with God. We have absolutely no authority. We cannot be righteous before God. We cannot have faith, therefore, in God. We could never approach God's throne with any kind of confidence. We would be filled with doubt and fear, helplessness and hopelessness unless we were redeemed by the blood of Jesus. Someone has said, what I wish I could say at this well, redemption plays a central role in biblical theology. The basic shape of the doctrine is formed in the Old Testament, but the full meaning of all that God has eternally in mind is unveiled only in the New Testament. But to understand the New Testament, there's three Hebrew words. Each word is cast against a background of helplessness and hopelessness. Each finds human beings captured, held captive by the power of forces they cannot overcome. Only by the intervention of a third party can this bondage be broken and the person set free. Three words, and it's the basis for the teaching of redemption in the New Testament. It's actually looking forward to that. And the first one is Pada, P-A-D-A-H. Pada, originally used commercially to indicate a transfer of ownership. The transfer came through payment or some equivalent transaction. Deuteronomy uses this word in this verse of Scripture in Deuteronomy 15.15. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. A transfer of ownership Literally, they were slaves. Pharaoh owned them for all practical purposes. But God came to take his people back. And there was a transfer of ownership. And you know what happened before you got saved? And what happened to me before I got... Everybody here has a B.C. Before Christ. I don't mean you're that old. I mean, you know, I may be to you. But uh, Brother Taylor, I don't know. He's... <laughs> he, grew, he grew up next to Wilma and Fred. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if you remember them anyway. used to play with a little kid called Bam Bam. Anyway, amen. <laughs> Brother Taylor, we've been around a while, but you've been here a while longer than I have. Amen. Before you came to Jesus, everyone has a B.C., And the scripture said of that time in our life that we were of our father, the devil, and his works we would do. We were a servant of sin and a servant of Satan. And whether we, I don't mean you went to the uh, Anton LaVey's Church of Satan out in California. No, we just obeyed those promptings and we gave in to those temptations. And because of that, we became the servant of Satan himself whether you realized it or not. Romans 6.16 said, Whoever you and I yield our members servant to obey, his servant we are, whom we obey. Whether sin unto death or God unto righteousness. Robert Zimmerman, kind of a, you probably don't recognize that name because his, his name that he changed for the purpose of going forward in his music was Bob Dylan. He had a brush with Christianity, and while he had that brush, I don't know if he followed through or not, but he had a brush with Christianity, and he wrote a song about what I just read to you. 
He said, you may be, and he named all of these things. You may, you may own banks. You may even own tanks. You may be a, 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 a debutante with a long string of pearls, but you're going to have to serve somebody. It might be the devil or it might be the Lord, but you are going to serve somebody. Can you say amen? Well, we were of our father, the devil, but when we got saved, God himself became our heavenly father. There was a transfer of ownership. Hallelujah. We were translated the scripture said something spiritual occurred. We were translated out of the powers of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. Amen. We serve a different king, don't we? We serve a different master. We may, we may struggle with our weak flesh while we're trying to seek to serve him with all that we are and all that we have. But we should never struggle with the fact that he is now our master. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. I'm glad to be a servant of the Most High God. We have a web minister, and I appreciate him so much, Brother Doug. I called him what he has indeed become without us making it a big official thing. He is the pastor of web ministry. There's no doubt about it. This was his vision, uh, and I was too busy just, you know, doing pastor stuff to get into the technical stuff. I'm technologically impaired but he is not. We've had people want to hire him to do their website, but they they uh, they, they they can't pay him that much. He, he he's he's high priced. Hallelujah. He does it for us for free, and that's why we're able to reach way beyond this little room and this little church and this little preacher with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's why our Bible study is called "Let's Talk About Jesus" instead of "Let's Talk Politics." Why it's, let's talk about Jesus instead of let's talk about religious differences. That's why it's called let's talk about Jesus instead of talking about denominational preferences. Can you say man? Because the message is all about Jesus today. Can you say man? He is the person that we're here to celebrate. It's his death on the cross that we're here to commemorate today. Hallelujah. Praise God. We have tra- changed masters A transfer of ownership took place. Egypt held power over God's people. The Lord intervened and said, let my people go. Can you say amen? The people of Israel were trapped slaves in Egypt. God acted to bring about their rescue. He intervened with great judgments and finally brought death to the Egyptians who would not let them go. Psalm 78, 42 and 43 said they remembered And this, not his hand, nor the day when he delivered this word, Pada. He delivered them from the enemy. You see, God doesn't just save you, dear friend, and leave you the slave of sin or Satan. He translates you out of his power. If you're still serving the devil, you're not saved. I'm not saved. We cannot be. You've got to change masters. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve two masters for you will love one and hate the other or hate one and love the other. Can you say amen? You can't do it. Well, I go to a church that says you can. It doesn't matter where you, if you, you ought to dump that thing in a hurry and get out of it because somebody's going to go to hell believing they're on their way to heaven. And the devil would love that. Can you say amen? That's why the Bible said to, to, to make your calling and election sure. This is your immortal, eternal soul. I'm not here to win friends and influence people. I don't read Norman Vincent Peale. I read the scripture. I believe we're, the faith is not built on the new age teachers and new age preachers. It's built on the apostles and the prophets and Christ himself is the chief cornerstone. That's why one Indian that got saved said, I know God loves the Indian people. Hallelujah. Because Jesus' name is chief cornerstone. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I love to tell the truth on Sunday morning. Doesn't make me popular. I'm not here to be popular. I, I'm here to make sure that everybody in the room, everybody that I can influence is sure of their salvation. Hallelujah. And if you're sure that you have changed masters, you can't, you can't come to Jesus and still be the slave of sin. You can't do it. It's impossible. Grace doesn't leave you. Satan's slave. First John says, he that committeth sin. It's amazing balance here. First John said, if we say we have no sin, we lie and do not the truth. But if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to deliver us from iniquity. If we are open and honest with God and truly repent. But if we live in it without confessing, unconvicted, he that committeth. That means to live habitually in with no conviction and no confession and no repentance. He that committeth. That's not one of these stumblings we have that we ask God to forgive us for. But if we continue in habitually, consistently, committeth is one of those words that indicates that day in and day out, I serve the devil and not God. He that committed sin is of the devil. That's strong words, isn't it? There's a grace message. They call it hyper grace. It means you walk down the aisle, you shake someone's hand, you're baptized in water, and you can live the rest of your life in sin and live it for the devil, and you will be saved in the end. That is not a biblical truth. You cannot find it in Scripture. Grace is not a permit to sin. It's a way for sin to be forgiven. But sin cannot be forgiven unless it's confessed and repented of. Without repentance, there is no forgiveness. Hallelujah. But thank God when I repented, I remember. I'll never forget when I decided it's time for me to get right with God. When God put me on the spot, when God wouldn't let me off the hook, hallelujah, when the Holy Spirit come and convicted me. What a day that was. What a night that was. My dad had called his pastor who became my pastor later on. <laughs> and he, and he, he said, I, 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 I'm sorry, the pastor called my dad and he said, Bob, what? What is it that you want? God impressed upon me to call you and agree with you in prayer. What is it that you would love God to do more than anything else? Well, Dad immediately thought he'd had stomach problems since he was 16 years old. Had it most of his life. And he said, he started to say, I need a healing in my stomach. So when I eat, I don't get such indigestion. But he said he remembered that I was lost. He remembered also something else, that when I was born, there was a problem in the birth. And the doctor said I could be stillborn and not jeopardize the mother. Or they could try to have a live birth and put us both in jeopardy. My dad went to the bathroom of a hospital in Middlesboro, Kentucky, got on his knees in a stall in the bathroom and said, Lord, if you'll let my wife live and this child live, I give this child to you right here and right now. Well, I was that child. I know you're waiting to hear whether I lived or not. So I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and tell you. Amen. Hallelujah. My mother was okay. I was okay. Here I am today, 73 years later, telling you that God keeps covenants. God hears and answered prayer. Hallelujah. My dad remembered all of that. He said, my son is not serving Jesus. My son, as far as I know, has not come to Christ yet as his Savior. He said, would you pray for my son's salvation? And they agreed for my salvation. I had no idea. I'm going to tell you, if someone is praying, if you're not saved and someone's praying for your salvation, some things are going to happen. Whether you respond to it or not, some things are going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen, but God knows how to get your attention. And God knows how to get my attention. Amen. I was coming home from work. They had prayed that prayer for me. I was coming home from work, and I, I took Benzedrine to pull bonus. I was selector at Winn-Dixie Warehouse, 
And I took, I took Benzedrine that we got off of the truck drivers to hype me up and hop me up and get me going. But I couldn't sleep. So I had a bottle of whiskey underneath the car seat of a 57 Plymouth. 59 Plymouth, I'm sorry. I had upgraded by that time. I only had 110, 15,000 miles on it. I was so proud of it. Amen. Had Maypop tires. Maypop, you don't understand that brand? That means they're so slick. They may pop at any time. Amen. And so I'm coming home with my whiskey under my seat. You said, Brother Venable, I can't believe you ever did anything like that. Well, I, I can't believe you did the stuff you did. And I don't even know what you did. But I guarantee you, it probably shocked me. Can you say amen? But you know what? You were of your father, the devil. And you didn't even realize it. You were giving in to his promptings through your weak flesh and mine. But I'm telling you, there's victory today. Redemption doesn't just mean that you have been bought. It means you have been bought so you could be set free. Can you say amen? You've got a new owner today. And you've been translated, if you're a Christian, out of the power of darkness. That means he doesn't have the authority and the influence he once held in your life. You don't have to serve him no more. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Glory to God. I love serving the Lord. I love serving the Lord. I struggle with my flesh like everybody else, but I love serving God. It is the best life you could possibly live here, and it guarantees you that you're going to live with Him forever there. That's a win-win. Hallelujah. You get His peace here. You get His joy. You live with confidence. If I go to Walmart and somebody shoots me dead, my next breath will be in the presence of my king. Hallelujah. So I'm going on to Walmart anyhow. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Not going to put myself in harm's way, but I'm not going to run from death either. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. One day it's going to come to everybody in here and you can't run and you can't hide. It's appointed to man. It's going to happen. Can you say amen? And the good news is you don't have to fear it. You don't have to be a slave to fear because you have the fear of death reigning in your life. You know what the fear of death reigning enslaves you to the devil? Because you feel like I'm going to pull out all the stops. Death is going to stop everything. So I'm going to pull out all the stops. I'm going to, I'm going to party my life away because I could, I could, I could die at any moment of anything. So um, what is the adage in the scripture? And it has become an adage. It simply says, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we may die. No, we don't live in a party, hearty, feed-the-flesh atmosphere. No, because we've been delivered. We who were held slaves by the fear of death, it said. Hallelujah. Once that's settled, once you know where you're going, once you know your sins are forgiven, once you know you're bought with a price, you're not your own and you're willing to give yourself away. Amen to the Lord. There's a joy that doesn't come any other way. Can you say amen? How do you know what's going to happen when you're facing death? Because I faced it just a few years back. I had a major stroke. And I'm sitting in the back of an ambulance listening to them talk about how bad off I was. Amen. And feeling it in my body. I mean, I, I used to, you know, I, I, I started, my wife registered. I didn't do this on my own, but my wife got me a gym membership because I, I you know, every, every time I visited somebody, they gave me coffee and apple pie a la mode. They wanted me to eat fried chicken and mashed potatoes and black-eyed peas and cornbread. Lord have mercy. I see some of you drooling. You think I'm drooling up here. Amen. Amen. Oh, this is a good life. This is the best life. Don't, don't look at Christians that don't understand what it means to be saved and set free. Redemption means you have been saved and set free. You have been delivered. It has that connotation. Let me finish this quickly. I want to get rid of that whiskey under my seat before you go home today. All the way from Tampa to Plant City where we had a little apartment, I sipped the whiskey. Now, they're praying for my salvation. 
the Lord used to come and convict me. I would feel, sometimes when I was alone on my way home after a shift, I would feel the Holy Spirit drawing me. Oh, it's an uncomfortable feeling. Thank God he let me feel that, drawing me. But I wasn't through with my sinning yet. There was a lot of sins I was enjoying. And I wanted to get all of that. You know, when I'm old and gray and too old to partay, can you say, man, then I'll come to Jesus, right? Amen. But I'm going to party till I get way up in years. And then when it's convenient for me, amen, then I will come to Christ. No, you will not come when it's convenient for you. Amen. No man comes to me except my father draw them. And that uncomfortable feeling called conviction is the father by the Holy Spirit drawing us to be saved. And I literally would feel that. And I resisted it because I knew changes will come in my life. And certain sins that I really enjoy, my flesh indulged in those sins. You say, Brother Venerable, what were they? None of your beeswax. Can you say, man? I'm just telling you that my flesh enjoyed those sins. If sin wasn't enjoyable, you could never be tempted. Amen? For your flesh, for the moment. But we're not living just for a moment. We're not living just for time. We're living for eternity. It's not just what happens here. It's what happens after we leave here. We're going to live. Everybody. There's a resurrection for the unjust. Don't think Christians are the only one going to be raised. The unjust are going to be raised also. The unsaved are going to be resurrected. In the book of Revelation, it said the sea gave up her dead. Everybody that's ever died in in the oceans of the world. And deteriorated, they're going to come back and stand before the great white throne. And the land will give up its dead. All the dead that's ever died since Adam will stand before the great white throne. And everyone whose name was not written in the Lamb's book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. And the devil and the false prophet and everyone whose name is not written in the... This is not your name on some church roll. This is not something that just, you know, went through some religious ritual. This is someone who got saved, and God recognized them as His child. Amen. And there's a book... Make no mistake about it, there is a book. God keeps good records. And the Bible said, The foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are His. Can you say amen? I said the Lord knows them that are His. It's not your claim on God that is your your absolute place of safety. It is His claim on you. Praise God. Many are going to say, Lord, Lord, in that day that never bowed to Him, don't want to bow to Him, lived in that sin, unrepentant. I've done mighty works in Your name. I've cast out devils in Your name. He didn't, he didn't argue with them. He just said, depart from Me. I never knew You. Listen, You that work iniquity. You live consistently in sin. You commit it over and over. You never are convicted of it. You never repent of it. And yet somebody convinced you that you were saved. And here you are, standing before me, calling me Lord. Jesus said, why callest thou me Lord and do not what I say? How can you sit in church somewhere? I don't want to be a phony. I don't want to be a hypocrite. More than that, I don't want to be lost. And I don't want nobody telling me I'm okay. I want conviction. I want to be right with God. My soul is on the line. I don't want some smooth-talking preacher just trying to get an offering. Amen. And by soothing me on... I don't want to be soothed with the salve of deception. I want to be convicted of my sin so I can repent of my sin, so I can be forgiven my sin, so He could give me His robe of righteousness, so I can lay my head down tonight to know if I don't wake up here in the morning, I'm going to wake up there. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody tell me the truth on Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Don't paint, don't paint this over. It's my eternal 
undying soul. Every person is going to live forever somewhere. Every person. People generally attribute resurrection to Christians. And everybody else just dies and don't get, a, get to, you know, go to heaven. No, you go somewhere when you die. And everyone will stand the judgment. It's appointed to man once to die and after this the judgment. And that judgment occurs for the unbeliever. In Revelation chapter 20. And I saw a great white throne. And the earth gave up its dead. And the sea gave up its dead. And they all stood before the great white throne with God on the throne. And everyone whose name was not written in the Lamb's book of life was cast into the lake of fire with the devil and his angels and the false prophet and the Antichrist. Are you ready for the good news? The next verse says, Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the First resurrection. Over whom the second death. He, and the Bible went, said this is the second death. Why would God resurrect us to kill us? Well he's not resurrecting us to kill us. He's resurrecting us to send us where we will spend eternity. And you don't have to go there. No one has to go there. But we can't play with something this serious. You say, I like to go to church where I'm not bothered. <laughs> I won't go to church where I'm not bothered. Amen. One preacher said, I'm here to comfort the afflicted and to afflict the comfortable. There are churches now you will not be convicted. You will not be confronted. You can sit there and not even think about your soul. Because that's all covered. I walked the aisle when I was 12, when I was 10. And I never have to think about who is my master. That is not biblical. That is taking grace and using it just to cloak and cover sin. And that's not what it's for. Grace is a safety net. I worked with... I went to school with Hugo Zucchini. I'll never forget him. He was part of a circus family. Most of his family lived in Gibsonton. They traveled with the circus. I remember Hugo because he thought he could impress the girls with things he could do when I was in the sixth grade. Remember the green jello they used to serve in elementary school? The green lime? I liked it. Yeah, it's good jello. But he could take a big spoonful of green jello and somehow or another, instead of swallowing it, get it to go up in his sinuses and down out his nose. And I thought, you are really. And the girls would go, ew. Everybody say E-W-E. You, ooh, ooh, ooh. He thought that was impressive. He had family members. He, his daddy was a guy that they shot out of a cannon. But you know something? When he came out of that cannon, he didn't just fall on the ground. His target was a, a net. They had a safety net to catch him in. Listen carefully. There were trapeze artists practicing in his backyard their routines. But there was a net to catch them. Grace is a net to catch you if you fall. It is not something you practice jumping into. You practice getting this routine down without falling. But if you should fall, thank God there's a safety net called grace. Hallelujah. It's not there to cover sin. It's there when you confess your sin so you can be forgiven your sin. Can you say, man, the pattern prayer, Lord, teach us to pray, forgive us our debts. As we forgive our debtors. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Amen. Forgiveness is based on you forgiving. 
And forgiveness cannot be obtained without confession and repentance. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection, over whom the second death has no power. I'm not going to be standing at the great white throne judgment. I'm going to be resurrected, but I'm going up in the first one. I'm not going to be resurrected so I can be consigned to hell. I'm going to be resurrected so I can live with him in heaven forever. Amen. It is quiet in here. I'm trying to lighten it up as much as I can. But I'll tell you, if you get right with God, you can be happy under this kind of teaching. But if you're not right with God, I'm sorry. You really missed it this morning. Can you say, man, because you ended up here. You know why you're here? So you can hear this message. So you will never, ever, ever say to God, I didn't know. No one told me. No, you're being told here and now. Thank God you've been given an opportunity to get right with God, be right with God, and know where you're going. Get the joy of Jesus in your life. Amen. I, I remember, and I'll finish my testimony, and we'll receive communion. I remember coming home, and, and I would turn on rock and roll. I liked Janis Joplin, and I liked Jimi Hendrix, and I liked uh, the pop stars of my day. I liked the Rolling Stones. And, oh, and I love Muddy Waters. It, is it Muddy Waters? What was his name? Uh, Rhythm and Blues. I used to listen to Randy's Record Mart out of somewhere in Tennessee because it was all Rhythm and Blues. Amen. Muddy Waters, Lightning Slim Hopkins. I'd get, I'd get in my room, shut the door, amen, smoke those cigarette butts that my, my stepdad had threw away. I loved to clean the ashtrays. I never had money for cigarettes, but I loved to clean the ashtrays. He smoked them old cigarettes that didn't even have filters on them. There's only about that much left. And I would be puffing on that thing. And I puffed on those until my thumb and my forefinger turned yellow, completely orangish yellow. Getting, I find a piece of a cigar, one of those, anyway, laying, laying on outside of a convenience store. I know. I'm telling you, I'm glad I'm saved. I mean, I didn't know. Yeah, I know. He's making that face. That's bad stuff. Who who knows what mouth that's been in and where that mouth has been? Can you say, man, and what germs and diseases and Lord have mercy. And I'd see that thing and I'd say, Woo! Cigar that long, laying there, just waiting for me. And I'd grab that bad boy. I'd knock the dirt off of it. <laughs> Light it up and puff on it. I'll tell you when you when you Yes. If If she knew that, I wouldn't get no sugar whatsoever. No sugar. But I'd grab that thing, boy. I got me a half a cigar. I'm puffing on it. I didn't think about germs. Didn't think about nothing but satisfying my desire for nicotine. Something to please my flesh. When I served the devil, I served him well. I served him well. I was a good servant of the devil. But I want to be a better servant of Jesus Christ. I went all out for the devil. I'm going beyond all out for Jesus. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. He's my friend. Hallelujah. Praise God. They're praying for this old sinner guy. (laughs) Amen. And... My dad and his pastor have agreed for my salvation. One cold morning in that 59 Plymouth, I'm coming from Tampa. Shift is over. I'm tired. I'm wore out. The Benzedrine has still got me hopped up, but I got to sleep. So I'm sipping whiskey from under my seat, not to party, not to do, just to go to sleep. And I'm sipping it, sipping it. So when I get home, You know, I could just go lay down. At some point, because the windows were up, by the way, I turned up the rock and roll to 
quench that conviction. But God, God and the Holy Spirit, I call him the hound of heaven with deep respect and honor. He didn't let me go. He didn't quit me. He kept coming for me. If you ever feel conviction, don't push him away. That's his love reaching out. God wants to save you from yourself. God wants to save you from your sin. And God wants to save you from Satan. And God wants to give you an abundant life. And it's not just about things that you possess. It's about the peace that passes understanding. The joy unspeakable, full of the glory of God. Can you say, man, hallelujah. So they're praying for me. And I'm on my way home. And somewhere, just after the city limits of Plant City, two blocks from my apartment, I am falling asleep at the wheel. I'm falling asleep at the wheel. And you don't know you're falling asleep. If you know you're falling asleep, you'll wake yourself up. But if you don't know you're falling asleep, your head will hit the steering wheel. You will hit something. My grandmother had her aunt staying with her. She woke up about daylight, didn't want to disturb her company, went into the bathroom, got on her knees. I didn't know it at the time, but she got on her knees because God spoke to her heart and said, pray for Bobby. Pray for Bobby right now. See, I had no basis for grace or mercy but people were praying for me. She was interceding for me. I could have went through that windshield when I hit that power pole. And I would have went into eternity. And I would have been part of that number because I hadn't accepted Christ. I had pushed him away. I had chose darkness over light and sin over Christ and his offer of salvation. Thank God somebody prayed for me. If somebody's praying for you, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how God's going to get your attention. But I believe God is going to move somehow to get you, like he got me, to recognize my need for a Savior. Can you say, man, thank God for the hound of heaven. Thank God for the Holy Spirit. Amen. I hit a power pole. And when I hit it, it just caved in the front of that Plymouth it pushed the fan of the radiator, pushed the fan into the radiator as it tore in the front. It broke my window out. It, it side-swiped it instead of hitting it dead on. I had no seatbelt on. I had Im- imbued the alcohol. I wasn't drunk, but I was sleepy. It was kicking in, windows up, heater on, and I fell asleep. Two blocks is all I had to go. And the only thought in my mind was let me get in the yard for the popo. Pulls me over with this bottle under my seat and this alcohol in my system. I wasn't thinking about God or what could have happened. But after it was over, after it was over, and I had, I was safe. Never drove that car again. Junked it. It was too bad, beat up, and I didn't have a mark on me. But something had marked me. Through that incident. I was coming home about two weeks later. That's when my dad and pastor were praying for my salvation. I was coming home. It was quiet. Again, I had the heater on. And again, I felt conviction. I felt the Lord drawing me. And the Lord spoke to me. And he spoke to me so clearly. Into my heart and into my life. He said, if you do not want me to bother you anymore. I won't. If you don't want me to save you, I can't. But if you go off the road tonight. You're on your own. It shook me from my head down to my toes I literally went into a shudder because I can't imagine you see we got this idea I'll come to God when I'm good and ready and you'll come to God when he called you you have to respond to a call they that were with him were called chosen 
and faithful. This is a powerful personal call. And listen to this. No man can come to me except my Father draw him. No man. You can't just decide, I'm going to go to church and get right. No. No. No, because your flesh will say, not now, not yet, not now, not yet, not now, not yet, not now, not yet. Until you sense how lost you are and how much you need a Savior. And then you will override your flesh and say, no, no, it is now. I want to be saved. I need to be saved. I shuddered. I called my dad up the next night and I said, Dad, is there anywhere? It wasn't a Sunday. It was a weeknight. Are they having church anywhere? It wasn't a Wednesday night. Are they having church anywhere? I, I need to get right with God. I must get right with God. See, they were praying for that. God set it up. It took something to get a hold of me. But God was relentless. And I'm so glad that he didn't turn me loose. He knew what would happen when he told me he would let me alone. He knew it would scare me out of my skin. And thank God out of my sin. Can you say man? He said there's one place they're having church and that's is it is it Fort Lonesome down in where the Church of God camp meeting grounds? Why mama? Why mama? I said, let's go. Let's go. We got in the car and we went to that camp meeting. It came time for the altar call. I had purposed in my heart I need this push I need this nudge I need to be in God's house feel that conviction again they made the altar call and it was like I couldn't feel God I couldn't feel nothing I couldn't stand up I was fought by the devil himself to keep me from coming to Jesus Satan wants your soul the only way he can hurt God the only thing he can do to God to do him any damage is to take a soul for which Jesus died And that breaks the heart of God. That breaks the heart of God. He wept over Jerusalem. And I prayed because I'm still shuddering under that. And I prayed. I said, Lord, let me feel conviction one more time. Let me feel that pull one more time. Let me, help me. And oh, Lord, have mercy. Hallelujah. If you think the devil can hold you in prison when you really ask God to set you free, amen. You don't know how big God is and how willing he is. Praise God. Amen. I felt myself standing up and I went from all the way to the back of that building to that altar and I never felt my feet hit the ground. For as I was concern i was on a holy ghost conveyor belt amen hallelujah and when i knelt at that altar amen i gave my heart and life to jesus christ and when i got up from that altar he filled me with joy he filled me with peace he filled me with power i laid down the sins that i thought i couldn't do without and found out not only did could i do without them i found something better i didn't need them to satisfy amen i got hungry for god i got hungry for the house of god i couldn't wait to get home from work so i could go to church i got there for the last 15 minutes but I knew in the Pentecostal church, you still got a lot of church left. They're going to close and then somebody's going to start singing and it's going to crank up all over again. And I'm glad I was in a church like that because I was so hungry for God. If you're here today and you're a Christian and you know you're a Christian, you're going to have part in the first resurrection. Over whom the second death, that eternal separation, banishment, and punishment, it has no power over you because your name has been pinned into the Lamb's book of life. Can you say amen? And the Bible said, he that overcomes, I will not blot his name out of the book of life. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Well, I'm an overcomer. Because I believe Jesus has been raised from the dead and stands in my behalf today. I am redeemed. That means I have not just been saved. I have been set free. 
Hallelujah. Translated out of the powers of darkness into the kingdom. See, I have a king now that rules over me. I'm no longer a slave to sin, for I am a child of God. Hallelujah. Wow. How many people are glad you came to Communion Sunday? Let's take a moment, and if there's a known sin, if there's not a known sin, and don't just exempt yourself from this, but if there is a known sin of omission or commission, Jesus died so that sin can be forgiven, so that you can receive communion this morning. But the Bible says, search yourself. This is time for a holy introspect. If you haven't forgiven an enemy, when you think of them, you feel that feeling of anger rising up. It's time to get that dealt with. Not when you desperately need an answer to prayer and can't get it. Now is the time to clear the airways between you and me and God. This is the place. This is the time. This is communion. This is part of the purpose. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, I, I, I'm going to pray a prayer that I pray that David prayed after he had sinned so greatly against God. Psalm 51, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew in me a right spirit. And restore unto me the joy of your salvation or deliverance. And take not thy Holy Spirit from me. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. I don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. I invite him into my life, into my heart. Forgive me my sins, Lord. Forgive me attitudes and activities that displeased you. Help me, Lord, to live for you. Because I love you. And I want to live for you. In Jesus' name today. And as I receive these tokens, Lord, let me appreciate every day forward in my life what you have done for me at the cross. Thank you for the cross, my friend. Thank you for the cross, my friend. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you serve us communion? And can we have a, a communion song here? Praise the Lord.